think I'm addicted to social media. You know, my alarm goes off and before I could even wipe the sleep out of my eyes, I'm checking notifications. I'm scrolling on the toilet. I'm sometimes scrolling while I brush my teeth. I mean, it's a problem. But I don't want to sound like an overzealous mom and say that it's all bad, because of course it isn't. I mean, social media can be very entertaining and even informative if you have your wits about you. But that's when you use it in moderation. And these platforms are not designed for moderation. They're designed for excess. So let me be the umpteenth person to remind you that Silicon Valley has employed some of the world's smartest people and pointed them towards the singular goal of getting you addicted to their platform. I mean, they've quite literally designed these things to spike your dopamine, to hit you with bells and whistles and feedback that act like little digital bumps of cocaine. So you know those US Senate hearings where Mark Zuckerberg sits in front of a panel of walking corpses who ask outrageously out of touch questions like, how much does a Facebook account cost? Well, people often describe Zuckerberg as being reptilian or like robotic in those sessions. But honestly, sometimes I just think he's as taken aback by the Leviathan he's created as everyone else's. And it explains a lot because he's a warped, confused man and social media is a warped, confusing place. It's as whimsical as it is treacherous. I mean, it's this glossy kaleidoscope of insecurity, commercialism, sexuality, narcissism, self-loathing and people fixing toilet seats with two-minute noodles. Bo Burnham summed it up better than I think anyone ever will in his song White Woman's Instagram. He takes this perfectly accurate series of jabs at the vacuousness and predictability of your typical white girl's Instagram account. And it's joke after joke until the middle of the song where he describes one young woman's post to her late mother. And it's uncomfortable when you listen to the song because this is meant to be comedy, right? We're meant to be having fun, aren't we? Then it's all of a sudden you're confronted with this very tender, earnest post about grief. And I think social media has probably never been summed up better because that's exactly what it's like. A whole mishmash of superficial bullshit peppered with glimpses of real humanity. You know, actual people's fears and ambitions and dreams and anguish interspersed with charcuterie and legs that look like hot dogs and product placement. You know, we should be more scared by the addictive qualities of social media, but we aren't. And maybe it's because social media only affects mental health. You know, for instance, if you learned that alcohol companies were pouring billions into R&D to make their booze as addictive as possible, I mean, it would be the conspiracy of our time. For some reason, we aren't close to as concerned when it comes to social media. And it's probably because the topic of mental health has only just entered the zeitgeist. And despite the fact that we're talking about it more than ever before, I think we're still a long way away from unanimously agreeing that it's as important as physical well-being. But for now, we're all hooked on the feedback we get from social media, like it's this class A drug. And it's led to a phenomenon I wish my generation wasn't so closely associated with. Influences. Now, I'd like to imagine how I'd describe influences to a visitor from another planet. 
I'd probably say that they're a subcategory of modern humans who feed on likes and comments and shares, and that they derive about 90% of their self-worth from engagement. I'd also say they have absolutely no sense of irony, and they tend to suffer from a fascinating combination of narcissism and insecurity. I'd probably tell them that for the right price, which is typically quite low, they'll promote anything you give them. Sneakers, sure. Cigarettes for kids, why not? Asbestos-based baby wipes, here's my red card. To me, influencers epitomize the worst effects of social media. Because we've got a whole generation addicted to feedback and we've taught them all that they need to perform 24-7 to get it. I mean, we have kids with delusions of grandeur and dreams of fame and we've given them a tool that makes them think they've achieved it. And is it at all just in the name, influencer? I mean, fame is a product and not an outcome. You used to have to achieve something or do something to gain fame or notoriety. But now fame is the ends and the means. And I don't understand it. How do you feel any sense of accomplishment for getting 10,000 followers when your explore page shows you another influencer with 100,000 followers and another one with a million? And beyond that, and much more fundamentally, what are you meant to be? What influence are you exerting? How are you influencing people? Let's call it what it is. It's marketing. Human billboards. And they exchange ad space for attention from strangers. Now, it's easy to spot an influencer because like a billboard, even when they're colorful and attractive, the closer you look, the more you realize they're lifeless. So where does this leave us? We have this force of nature that's sweeping through our culture and it's sucking us all in. And there's glimmers of good in it, but mostly it's got us all addicted and confused. And it's altering our attention span and redefining concepts like fame and celebrity and it's so powerful and unwieldy that even its creators have no idea how to control it. So it's clearer than ever that social media will probably never be regulated no matter how many elections it influences or hate crimes it enables. So it's time to accept that the onus is entirely on you to protect yourself from its worst devices. So don't switch off, because an idle mind is Silicon Valley's playground.